is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Deja Vu Podcast. We're talking about The Sopranos, Season 7, Episodes 5 and 6. Travis, how are you doing? Sweaty, Trey. Very sweaty. Yeah. I get sweaty too doing this podcast for some some reason. It's just I haven't showered today either. You know I'm gonna uh, I have not either, and I helped my wife, uh, my, my teacher wife, my wife, my wife yeah, Borat, uh, move into her new new classroom today. Yeah, Connor did that as well with his wife. So I've I'm I'm not smelling great. I got a, a waft coming from below that is not doing great. I'm, I'm wearing the same shirt I wore yesterday. Oh. Which is not a good, not a good, not a good time. I'm way more apt to recycle like shorts than I am any other type of clothing. Like I'll wear the same this, like this is just I'll wear the same lounge un- wear three four days in a row. This is unprecedented though. I don't usually do this. Yeah. This is just lazy tray. This is this is I don't care today tray. I went to the grocery store, but a hundred spent a hundred and sixty dollars, and I don't plan on going and eating food for a couple days. Going outside of your grocery. What I bought grocery wise, yeah. That's good. That's a lot for one. Is how many weeks? Is that a couple weeks for you? I hope so. I hope so. Theoretically, if you don't, I bought some snacks. Ooh, some more snacks. Snackies is where you'll where you'll where you'll get got. Yeah, uh, I just because I don't have a lot of snacks. Sometimes I just I don't need a whole meal of food. Mm. I've been spending like thirty bucks a day because I mean I. I you know spend maybe ten dollars on lunch and dinner, but then I'll buy a coffee from the Starbucks. You could, and that gets kind of expensive. Starbucks, bitch. Yeah. So uh, you get to thirty, you know, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, if I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna go get something to eat one of these days this week, but if I can manage it for a few weeks, should be all right. That's good. I'm not. I'm not like hurting on money or anything, but just budgeting. I'm just kind of. I just. A little tired of driving to eat. All the places by my house, Travis, are pretty far away. Like the only thing really close is McDonald's and Jack in the Box. Oh, so you're in like a grocery store hole. Switch. What do you mean? Like there's no, or just like a food hole where there's nowhere to really yeah. like eat around you. Just fast food. Yeah. Just, just fast food. Unhealthy. Yeah. Poor people food. That's what you're saying. Yes. I mean, you could, and it takes about ten minutes or. To drive anywhere to get to a good place. To a decent meal. Yeah. That sucks, buddy. I'm sorry so, to hear that. I mean, the, even the grocery store I go to is like an 18-minute drive. Really? Dang. Yeah. And it, it, it's just the roads are, you know, there's a lot of curvy roads. There's a lot of bumps, bumpers, bumps. Cars driving. There's a lot of car stuff. Cars driving, car stuff, all that. Yeah. No, I get yeah. that. Uh, we, I live right on White Rock. Like. We used to live in Irving, and we would still go to the Trader Joe's in uh, Highland Park. It was the closest mm-hmm. one, and it was about a 30-minute trip over there. Jeez. And for about six months, once a week, we made the trip over there. And finally, we were just like, man, Kroger, we we passed like six Krogers on the way to Trader Joe's. Maybe we should just go to Kroger. <laughs> They got the boar's head, man. They do. They got that good meat. They do. They got that good boar's head gabagool. That, that's well. They didn't have capicola. I asked. They, they didn't they have, have any. Oh. Uh, I don't. I don't think the guy knew what capicola was. Did you say capicola, or did you ask him in the re, the the traditional way of gabagool? I didn't. I I figured he would not know what gabagool <laughs> was. I, so I just said capicola, but he didn't even know what capicola God. was. He's like, what's that? 
It's like, it's like lunch. And he, and he's it. out there acting as if he's a butcher or a deli man. Come on. Where's the Kroger's? <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. I had to school somebody on Gabagool this week. And you did? Yeah, they did not know what Gabagool was. And you know what Jeez. I did? I suggested what? that they listen to our podcast. Yeah. Grow the show. Our Gabagool podcast. It's all about Gabagool. Just like, uh, just like uh, the Sopranos. Sopranos is all about food, isn't it? It is. It truly is. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of food in food these two family. episodes we watched today, but, you know. Not a whole bunch. Actually, probably not. Oh, there was a little food in it. There was a barbecue. Like the most food. There was a barbecue. There was a barbecue going on. No, I don't, I don't think we saw any gabagool, though. No gabagool. We saw some pasta. Oh. We did see pasta. Yeah, Tony Swart was eating dinner in Vegas. Had some steak, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. I didn't look at his plate, to be honest. I think he was just drinking wine in Vegas. Maybe. I know I saw it. It is cool after you've been it. to Vegas a bunch to see Vegas. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know where that Yeah, is. I say I stayed in his hotel. I know where he was at. Was he? Where was Caesar's he? Caesar's Palace. At, uh, yeah, I've been there. I've been there twice. Oh. oh. Yeah, bro. Oh. Once for a family trip when I was like, right when I turned 21 with the fa- on a family trip. And then last year for a bachelor party. Yeah, we went, I guess it was two years ago now. Uh for my buddy's birthday just met them out there and had a time pretty cool yeah that's a was cool that the hotel pool he was at huh? yeah it is yeah very cool. i was at the pool he was at yeah. oh yeah we, we did i did not my buddy made it and his girlfriend made it out to the pool uh i did not make it to the pool did not Didn't did not make it to the pool take your dick into the pool after school? i did not take my dick into the pool after school after school I, yeah. I i kept it out of the pool okay out of the pool i st- I, I looked at the pool and I looked at everybody that was near the pool, and there were some beautiful people by the pool, but I did not go by mm-hmm. the pool. Okay. After school. After school. Before right. school, I might, but it was, <laughs> by the time I woke up, it's Vegas, it was already after school. I hate doing the Sepawal book, because I highlight things, and then I forget what I highlighted and have to go through it all again. <laughs> like, as you're, uh, yeah. as you're trying to present it on the podcast? See, right. that's why I write my ideas down. Yeah, I probably should write. I mean, I write notes, and then I look at the Sepawal thing, and there's just too many things highlighted. Well, if you're if you're anything like me, you dedicate one page per episode, and sometimes that works out extremely well, and you've got, you know, a line or two to work with. But today, buddy, I got notes all over. I've got notes in, right. in the margins. I've got notes uh, on the regular lines. We've we've taken up. There's no blank piece. Of paper that I have in front of me right now, none. That's good to know. That's very good to know. Uh, so this episode, it was almost sort of a, a big, I guess, red herring of what possible endings the show could have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to kind of... This actually is a great two episodes to watch together. Really is. Because it's the demise of Christopher, Mm -hmm. right? It does a really good job of, like, showing the downfall without, like, making it painfully obvious what's coming. Yes. And I think, you know, we're talking about other shows. And it sounds like shows like The Shield. Now, I've only seen the first two episodes of The Shield, and I've heard about other things, but... Some other shows like that make it painfully obvious, mm-hmm. right? Breaking Bad could do that, where you're expecting something to happen. This 
this was you know it's the sopranos uh non payoff mm -hmm. payoff or it's yeah it's the sopranos uh fake out where it's we were kind of getting these breadcrumbs and uh th this episode which is called walk like a man which is kind of what tony says to both aj and christopher yeah right? that they need to basically get over their issues and be a man the toxic masculinity in this episode is with well, throughout the show really is pretty yeah pretty high more more very much so in these last two seasons oh yeah I'd say. i mean i think this last uh season so far has has highlighted just dealing with like sons and fathers dealing with each mm -hmm. other like i i think uh papa soprano has been quite uh spread throughout this season and last season as well and really throughout the show um but this season it's tony kind of coming to the realization that none of his father figures were worth a damn but not mm -hmm. really putting that into practice you know like he doesn't seem to be really adjusting for that at all <laughs> Because Christopher even says his dad was a junkie. He was. Mm -hmm. He says your hero was was just a deadbeat. Exactly. He was a bad guy, and you know, Paulie was his father figure. Uh, Junior. His dad. Junior. Uh, it's all hesh to a certain extent. Sure. It's all kind of crumbling around him, but he doesn't see it, right? I think he's. It feels like he's recognizing the flaws in his heroes, but not like. Not making those same recognitions in himself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like he can, well, he can recognize some of. The, I know he's he's like his dad. I think is a little different. Um, whereas you know Junior Hesh and some of the other father figures he's had. I think he's you know finding the faults in them. Paulie for one this season. Uh, whereas he is, I mean he's. We spent a lot of time with Tony looking at himself, and this in this season in particular. The next episode, it's more prevalent. This episode, it's definitely happening where he's just—it's like he's unable to see his own faults, but is so mm -hmm. readily willing to point out everybody else's. Well, here's a quote from the book, uh, the Sepinwall book, um, the Soprano Sessions. Yeah, Tony. So Tony had the <clears throat> went to Melfi, said he's done. And he says uh, in the in the book that uh, Tony Tony's right Tony's right to say that Melfi has spent much of the past six seasons treating symptoms rather than pro, pro, uh, probing root causes. Though to be fair, she might have dug deeper by now had Tony seemed more open to the idea. So yeah, Tony's not open to this idea of actually taking these issues and changing. No, the whole reason why he always feels shitty is he doesn't. I mean, like he he has no intention of actually changing. Uh, he keeps telling himself self that he wants he wants things around him to change. He wants people yes. around him to change for circumstances to change around him. He doesn't want to change himself. Right. And yeah, so with Christopher, it's uh, Christopher he, he doesn't respect Christopher's condition no he doesn't respect that it's a disease and christopher's starting to see that everyone there you know he mentions tony's a guy that will uh pour you a drink and then judge you afterwards mm -hmm. for taking it mm -hmm. and that's evident in this episode you know christopher he mocks him he's also christopher's also seeing tony kind of 
stepping away from you seeing him with Bobby mm-hmm. Bacala, you know, talking about business, having a drink. And uh, he sees that he is now becoming more distant to Tony. And how many times has this happened for Chris? I mean, a ton. He, it, it's constant. No matter what Tony said over the years, he's always been looking for a replacement for Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Christopher is pissed and he is to a point. I mean, yeah, then uh, the whole thing with, with uh, his father-in-law and Polly's trying to mess with his father-in-law and he goes and beats up little Polly, sends him to the hospital, and then uh, Polly drives a car through Chris's front yard and Chris tries to make, you know, make it all better and has a drink, relapses and realizes everyone there is just laughing at him, laughing at his misery. That laughing scene very, very similar to uh, Tony's laughing scene, looking for the one person that it's very important to see what their yeah. reaction is. And mm-hmm. just like Tony finds Feech not laughing at his jokes when we're all looking at everybody laughing at him or laughing to placate him. Uh, just like uh, Chris finds Tony looking extremely devilish, which, get, which gets paid off in the second episode here, uh, with smoke surrounding him and chuckling, maybe the the loudest of everybody in the group. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. I mean, like, Chris has talked, I mean, he told Aid several several times. and more- Doesn't he make a reference to Aid? I know he makes a re- well, okay. Yeah, he does when he meets, so... In desperation, he's now at at the end. Are you talking about at Dolan's house? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes over to JT's he house. He references a lot in that in that scene. He's about ready to just flip. I think he finally it's finally clicked. Like I know that like there's been things that have been going on that it feels like he's starting to realize it, but I think at this point, like it, it's just flowing out of him. Like he should have flipped. He should have. He should have informed on Tony. He should have taken Aid's offer to run away and do whatever they were going to do. And it's just spilling out of him. Like he's starting to talk about stuff he can't. He really shouldn't be talking about with people. No. And Dolan, another character who th- who thought that he could just like, you know, <laughs> just kind of chill with the mobsters, yeah. finally pays the ultimate price. Just right. just like Chris eventually will. I uh, wrote Christopher wants an authentic connection, uh, reassurance that he can finally tell the truth about who he is and what he'd done without being manipulated or punished or sold out, only to have JT tell him simply and but brutally you're in the mafia, meaning that there's no way of staying sober or feeling better because of the business he chose. And this is what Melfi is trying to tell Tony, or making Tony see. Mm-hmm. It's what uh, Dr. Krakauer says to Carmela. It's the most honest thing anyone's ever said to Christopher, and he shoots the messenger. Yes. So there's a reference to uh, the Pink Floyd song Comfortably Numb in this episode, and then the next episode you hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of in Seppelwall's book, not to make this the Seppelwall podcast. but uh, <laughs> It kind of already is. He, yeah, he, he mentions that the whole idea of The Sopranos is comfortably numb. You know, Carmel is oh, yeah. comfortably numb to what Tony does. Tony's comfortably numb to what he does and how he affects people. Everyone in this everyone in this world is comfortably numb. Very much so. I mean, and, well, and then those that don't that aren't numb themselves that's with the substances. Pre- that sounds like the most pretentious thing I've ever said. 
comfortably <laughs> I don't know why. Like the song from Pink Floyd. Like Pink Floyd's masterpiece. Messages. Comfortably numb. You feel like you. I was like really into that song back then, so I really dug. That I'm not a huge uh, Pink Floyd fan, honestly. You aren't. No, I'm not a big Pink Floyd. I do guy. like Pink Floyd. You and Deucey could hang out then. Okay. Yeah, me and Deucey yeah. could hang out. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I love the way this uh you know, the, how the payoff with you know the payoff with Polly. Like we've been kind of. We've been trending this direction that there was going to be a larger rift between Polly and Chris. You're thinking, is it going to be this huge rift between Polly and Chris? Mm-hmm. Is Chris going to flip on Tony? Because, like, yeah, you don't know. Uh, I guess, I guess if you're watching it for the first time, you have all these theories, right, mm-hmm. of what's going to happen. We're kind of, it's kind of weird for us because we know what happens. Right. We know what's going to happen. Yeah. Whereas if you're just watching, you don't know. How beautiful was the uh, like? the last the last scene as chris like drunkenly stumbles up to his house fixes that broken tree yeah and and it that doesn't fix it like it's just masking the issue which is exactly Mm -hmm. what these guys are constantly doing is just they can't fix any of these problems without you know making large life making difficult decisions and so many times they fall into making the easy choice uh you know AJ falling into depression after a girl breaks up with him. Uh, Tony, Tony wanting to quit therapy because he doesn't see the value. Uh, Chris finally just drinking because it, it, it he doesn't see another way out of it. And mm-hmm. uh, he just comes home and masks up a little little broken tree and stumbles into his house. To, to end the episode like that was just like just the the symbolism of it but also it's just a prototypical beautiful sopranos ending where like nothing actually happened in the episode like mm-hmm. uh, nothing actually happened uh you know like we're getting te- and we'll get more into AJ a little bit i guess we can uh but like we're teased throughout with like the FBI keeps popping up and asking about terrorists and yeah. AJ is about to commit suicide. Uh, and Polly and uh, try, try to, to. Try and to. like Polly and Chris are going at it. Uh, Tony's crying in therapy, but at the end of the day, they all just went home and went to sleep. Yeah. They all just went home and went to sleep. So, well, well except for JT, everybody, but JT went yeah, to he's sleep. Dead. I guess he sort the of guy. went to sleep. Yeah. Also, another prototypical uh, Sopranos scene right there where we have, like, a burst of violence out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, well, Christopher has been prone to burst of violence. Yeah, he burst uh, He burst little Polly right off that window, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That was actually kind of funny. <laughs> Chuck somebody out a funny. window. <laughs> um, okay, about the FBI and, and the, the terrorist stuff. Is there any point to this, or is this just... Uh, I believe it is a red herring of some kind. I don't remember. Again, I don't recall anything happening with that. Also, the uh, the foreign policy of the early two thousands is just—it's everywhere in this. It season. is now. It is like because they, they, they I say think like when we they say age when, with AJ like you know, at least he's not sitting in Iraq and there's yeah. all the terrorist stuff and there's several other things that's been dropped throughout the last season and a half or so yeah last two seasons because I remember we're saying 
when we started the show, we wanted to see what it was post 9-11. Mm-hmm. And then the season that happened directly after 9-11, like the first episode was very much like hinting a product at it. of it. Yeah. But then nothing really, mm-hmm. you know, but the, it started building as it went on. And then I, I would say this this last, if you want to call it 6A, 6B or 6 yeah. and 7, there has just, it's everywhere. Whether it's yeah. commenting on Katrina or just mentioning George Bush or just mm-hmm. like, I mean, just this little tiny storyline that's really, I mean, it hasn't, hasn't really affected this, the main story at all, hardly. Um Focus directly I took, on it. I took that as Tony wanting to like if he ever got caught having some kind of dirt that he could backup pay plan for or some yeah 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 something like that yeah maybe yeah I would assume so because I don't <clears throat> think he really had much evidence that those guys are doing anything but they just quit kind of showing up to the being really <clears throat> yeah um yeah yeah AJ gets mixed up with kind of the wrong crowd just because Tony kind of wants him to get out of the house. But I guess those two guys are kind of mob adjacent. So it's sort of, he's kind of doing the thing he never wanted him to do, but join the mob, the mafia. I think, you know, I think that they have been sprinkling this in throughout and we just haven't really like taken full notice just about once a season. AJ does something that like, He's got some proclivity for the mob. Like first season, he was arranging schoolyard fights. Uh, yeah, he's he's done the parties. He's done things, little I think things he's like way that. too sensitive. I, I think the, the next mafia, episode though. kind of pays that off yeah. too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. he he kind of falls into these mob like tendencies or a fallback sort of. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't agree with him. You know, and and I I didn't. When I first was watching this, I didn't realize that those two guys were, were like lower level mobsters. Yeah, I thought this was just a statement on fraternities, and I was upset <laughs> first time watching it. But I, I think I understand what. They're yeah, they were about. like kids of some of like yeah. soldiers of Tony's, yeah. right? Yeah, like they were like mob adjacent. Yeah, this wasn't, and they were just running some scam out of school. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, some like because uh, you know we've talked about, and it might be I don't know. Sorry about oh, that. No. <laughs> We, we, we've talked about the show sometimes uh commenting on other uh in uh, other institutions right like the school institution the school institution of the of the of the medical you know uh medicine so i, I didn't know if like that was some kind of commentary on it mm-hmm. which i you know whatever but uh, i don't think it really was no i think uh <clears throat> i think it just was some college kids that they were able to use for for AJ. I will say, um, yeah. Do you think his depression after Blanca leaves him might have anything to do with his grandmother walking around telling everybody that everybody dies alone, and then it's a sad story? Might be affecting him a little bit. I it's probably <laughs> it probably I mean, isn't helping. It probably affected Tony. You it know? certainly affected it's- Tony. Uh, it's sense of the father. It's all trickles down, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember and the Tony, one episode Tony, where, like, yeah. Livy, he was, it might have been, it was one of the episodes where he accidentally revealed something to Livia. It might have been that Tony was going to therapy. I'm pretty sure that's when yeah. she told him that we all die alone. <laughs> Hell of a thing to tell a kid. Yeah, not, not, not great. But he quits his job and he starts talking suicide. Meadow shows up. She's got yeah. a date with uh we don't know this Someone? yet, but it is with uh, um, another mob adjacent man. 
Oh, Lupertazzi? No. It's the Lupertazzi, I think, or something like that. Okay. I don't know. I I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, it's it's somebody with a last name that we've heard before. Yeah, that's a lot of people in this show. It's like, wait, who? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just yeah. you know, it's it's it comes back to the you can't really nobody's really getting away. Although yeah. the one person who did get away did make an, a little tiny appearance. Barb, the only soprano to break away. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She did. She's there yeah, for yeah. that reason too. To like, hey, yeah. here's one that got away. It is possible. Mm-hmm. It is possible. It is very rare, but possible. Mm. Uh, so I think this all goes very well into the next episode. I do have a uh, we, uh, one little. Oh, go ahead. I have two, two, two fun facts. The first, do you want? Do you want uh, Emmy fun fact or show fun fact first? Let's do Emmy fun fact first. What's the more fun one? Do Sorry, one not first. not it's 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 not an Emmy. I, I apologize. Emmy is the next one. But okay, so here's the the production fun fact for you. Terrence Winter, who as you know has been involved in the show as a producer and in several other roles uh, since the second season, he w- made his directorial debut in this episode. Also wrote the episode and joined David Chase as the only executive to both. Uh, write and write and direct an episode, the same episode. Okay. Uh, the second one. This is this is just fun. This is just fun. Georgie's back. Yeah. Okay. I didn't notice he was back. I didn't. But I, I read, read the, the note yeah. that he was back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it shows you, like you're saying, no one can truly leave. Exactly. Even, yeah. Uh, also, uh, t- Tony really blames his genes on. Oh yeah. He like he's been told multiple times like there are ways to change, but he just can't get over the fact that he just can't get over these little details. Mm-hmm. Like he just wants to wallow in it. Well, and like how selfish is it to like st- like steal AJ's depression for himself? Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell, man? Just let the kid be sad about breaking up with a girl. And and, and yeah, and just I don't know. There's Scientifically, he's probably it. at least a little bit correct. But, oh yeah, I think that's hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, but like but, at the same time, like it's not yours. That's not an excuse. That's not like that's not, but that's not a a thing to be like. Well, he's just fucking doomed, right? And it, it <clears throat> all it means is that he's like he has a proclivity towards those things. It doesn't yeah. like the individual incidents and the individual things that happen to the person have nothing to do with you, right? Tony, yes. fucking Tony, what a dick. Mm. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Uh, does he say the fetus position? Yeah, he, he says totally fetus says the fetus position. I forgot to write that yeah. down. Yes, the fetus position. Yeah, I wrote position. down fetus position. That was good. There's a couple of those in these two episodes. Chris has another one in the next episode. Chris has like too many of them to write down. Yeah, his, all of his are good, though. They're all They're good. so good. Yeah, they're very That's good. That's an art form, man. Whoever's writing <laughs> those is a genius. Yeah. To get it just yeah. to like pick words that are so close. Like you you'd have to uh-huh. spend, that has to be one one dude got got paid like forty grand just to do that on a yearly basis for Sopranos. Just fetus position shit. Yeah, I enjoy those. I enjoy those a lot. Those so I, I wish there was a compilation of just misspeaks in The Sopranos. Just misnomers. <laughs> just maybe 30 yeah. minutes long of Chris and Tony and Junior and all of them just all, just almost Holy, getting yeah. it. He was an interior designer. <laughs> the house looked like shit. That's the best. That's the, that might be the best scene in the entire show. Yeah, it might be. It's right up there. <laughs> Just so much going on. He killed 16 Czechoslovakians. He was an interior designer. 
Man, that's a great episode. It's like playing telephone in elementary school. That yeah, scene was. exactly. Yeah. Uh, man, and I think that's about it. Oh, a guy had a shirt that said "I beer beer." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there were some just like little tiny things in that episode. Let me make sure I hit everything. Oh, uh, Tony, the last one in uh, in therapy. <laughs> Tony Tony does point out how uh, being a white guy these days is a pretty good good thing. It's a plus these uh-huh. days. Well, no, he, he tells that to AJ. Is he, oh, did he say that to AJ? Okay, I well, thought he's it was like in kind of session, kind yeah. of like, hey man, you're doing great. You're you're a smart kid. There's plenty of other women, and hey, being white's a good thing these days, right? Yeah, you know, uh, so it hasn't paid off always in the past, but these days, no, it's not these days. It's we're cashing in, us whiteies. <laughs> yeah, sure. We sure are, us white males, doing great. Yeah, doing great. Cashing in. Oh, all right. Episode six. This is the one where Tony closes Christopher's nose. Is this the? Uh, this is uh, this is the Sopranos version of Walt stealing a baby in Breaking Bad. Yes. This is, yeah. this is where you can you you cannot. If it, this is, it's like the pre-killing Chris line. You can still maybe argue for Tony's soul up until this point. Just like mm-hmm. until Walt stole the baby, you could you could still see something left of Walt's soul until he stole the baby. Yeah, uh, Tony is gone. If he wasn't already gone, he's pretty much gone. And I think the last, this might be uh, the closest thing that Sopranos ever got to like a short story. You know, like this is uh, mm-hmm. it's a f- it's it's a sneaky standalone episode, you know, like Pine Barrens. Explain that. OK, so where it's a much smaller view of everything. Think mm-hmm. about the uh, like Pine Barrens where you really only have like what two storylines going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some sort of uh, side questy type action happening. I feel like Tony's last 20 minutes in Vegas is very, very side questy. Uh, I'm not saying it's a one-to-one comparison, but if we're going to take... No, I, I, it's an interesting take. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I think if there's yeah. one episode so in this batch this season so far as a you know a standalone type of thing, then this could be one of them. It felt very dreamlike. Yes. Without even being, without even, the only dream we got is Tony's dream uh, with with Melfi mm-hmm. and confessing to him murdering people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you had um, dream Melfi much funny. more, uh, yeah. much more willing to listen to that kind of talk than mm-hmm. real Melfi. <laughs> yes, yes, it is funny when you think about moments in a show that you haven't seen in like ten years. And you just kind of forget where where certain things lie, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess we're kind of coming towards the end of it, so now you kind of can pinpoint where certain things. I forgot. I didn't realize that uh, Christopher dying was at the beginning of the episode. First of first all, first ten minutes. That. Yeah, I forgot that. And then and I knew when they were driving the car. I'm like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. And I didn't. I forgot that the uh, peyote. I get it. Was uh, this episode as well? Yeah, uh, that peyote section of Vegas, I think I think that, let's do that part last. Let's just do that part last, because okay. I think that's the most important part of the entire episode. You know, it's funny, not the knee pad sepin wall. 
Not not that we haven't been doing that already. No, we've been doing it this whole effing show. The Seppenwall dick has been very far down our throats this entire Yeah, look, this entire we won't season. do the Breaking Bad. I hear the Breaking Bad one isn't very good, his book. I hear it's just a bunch of old reviews. Okay. I think Dan said that, so it, I won't. I probably won't get that book for that. Okay. But uh, this 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 one, the, the um, Soprano Sessions, is very good. And it, and it doesn't just do the reviews. It does, like, there's a bunch of stuff in here besides that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he mentions the um, the two girls that the episode's title after. Kennedy and Heidi. Kennedy and Heidi are the most... That's the most important scene of the whole episode. Okay. Where they decide not to help. Okay, yeah. And no, that's, that's the uh, idea sure, yeah. of the whole show. Or the whole show is like, it's this fight between your good conscience and your and your bad conscience. Shoot, and, we talked about it in, uh, when we were talking yeah. about the last episode of these guys. Like, I mean... It's it's a constant series of making the easy choice, and that's and I, I and I think I I hope this isn't uh, David Chase's worldview, but it might be, and that's a very bleak worldview if that's what most people think. Um, so so yeah, uh, we all know David Chase's view of human nature is bleak. The Sopranos is set in a universe where good and evil uh remain themselves have remained have renamed themselves principle and instinct. Animals are not known for their uh, inclination to act on principle. Nearly every significant scene in, uh, enacts the same basic struggle, pitting the self-preservation instinct against the influence of what Abraham Lincoln called the better angel of our nature. And so it's it's pretty much everything is self-preservation with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in their own view. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, you spend a lot of time in this episode with Tony talking about his relief that Chris is gone, which I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he killed him. So, but you know, when he did it, it was a clear, clear choice to do it. You know, like, I mean, he, yes. he pulls the phone out, he's got nine one dialed, he's listening. You can see the decision-making process happen as he, what, like he looks at Chris when they're in the car, when they're still in the car and they're driving, and he can see he's jittery. You can already see the wheels start turning for Tony Soprano. Then car flips, or he gets in the other lane. So now he's really pissed. Now the wheels are really turning for Tony Soprano. Then they wreck. Now he gets out. He sees to- uh, Chris wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Tony's the luckiest son of a bitch in car crashes yeah, of all time. I that luckiest man and, alive. And, and it just is amazing. In general. In general. Yeah. Uh, he has had a lot of car crashes though, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and then as he's like kind of turning that it might corner, might be a TV thing too. It probably that's, is. That's fun yeah. to do. The star doesn't loot, doesn't ever die in a car crash. Yeah. <clears throat> so he starts turning that corner around the car, and Chris is telling him all the reasons why he should kill him. Essentially, I'm never gonna yes. pass a drug test. I I wasn't wearing the seatbelt. I but look at this baby seat in the back. Look how fucked up that is. And you could just see it happening. Like it was building, and you knew as soon as he turned that corner, pulled his phone out, dialed nine one, he was not gonna put the last one and hit send. It wasn't gonna happen. And of course, you know, close up the close up the nose. Just grab his nose. <laughs> He's dead. Okay, got a little. Uh, first of all, a couple things about that scene. How on okay. brand is it that they love the Departed soundtrack? Yeah, it's on brand. Very on brand. Uh, second thing, uh, so when 
Tony found out that Chris had sat on and killed Adriana's dog, he told Chris that he ought to suffocate him. Yeah. I love the way that show brings that kind of stuff back back around. And also, uh, he was going to suffocate his mom. So he suffocated one family. Got one. One out of two ain't bad. One out of two ain't bad. Uh, He's had to, you know, until he mentioned it, he has had to kill a lot of family members and friends. You know? Well, I think that comes with the territory, doesn't it? Yeah. And technically, they're all family members, right? Technically, yes. Um, and then, of course, you know, after after the deed is done and Christopher is gone, he falls back. And we'll get deeper into this when we talk about the desert and stuff. But we do get a nice little uh, car headlight beacon overhead just to mm-hmm. just to just to hammer home the flash thing that we're going to talk about and that we've talked about before in the coma from a couple, from a few episodes back. It, it it kind of felt like it almost felt like he did it he he did it on a whim, but it also felt very planned out and very calculated. Yeah, I, I think he was about done mm-hmm. and uh, about done with Christopher. We already kind of, could kind of tell that he was kind of writing Christopher out as his successor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was. I don't think of the crash. If the crash would have happened, I don't think he would have done it. But with the crash happening, it was like the last straw. And him saying, uh, "Him saying I can't pass a drug test," it was like, "Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna finish this because mm-hmm. it's just too far gone." Well, and this is uh, okay. Another another fun fact about this, Chris. Chris, the first time we meet Chris Moltisanti, he's driving Tony Soprano Soprano around wearing a ball cap. Last time that we see Chris Moltisanti, he's driving Tony Soprano around wearing a ball cap. Uh, you know, it, <clears throat> it's crazy that they put this character's death in the first 10 minutes of an episode. Probably, what, your third biggest character in the show? Yeah, so what do you... Uh, Tony and Carmella are number one and two. And then and Chris. And Christopher. Probably. Uh, yeah. I'd have a hard time arguing for anybody else to get third spot. You know, say Melfi. It's sometimes Melfi, like season one, maybe Melfi. Yeah, season third. one, maybe Melfi, but it's been a while. Melfi might be two season one. Yeah, but it's been but, a while since she's yeah, really been, been in all that important to us. That you know, that is sort of a thing we haven't talked about that much. How the only real thing they could do with her was a rape. <laughs> I feel isn't that kind of we've talked to we've talked about that some where yeah. we've just I felt like I mean it makes sense for where the story is heading you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that you know, obviously Tony's not we talked about this a little bit in the previous episode we were talking about like, Tony's not real receptive to trying anything that she suggests so right. she's really just there treating symptoms and mm-hmm. has been for quite some time because she's probably come to the realization just like we have that he doesn't want to change. And he's gonna keep paying me a thousand bucks for every hour he comes in here. Yeah. So, and I guess it would maybe slow down the pace if we just like had her doing something in an episode. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have anything to do with Tony. She's basically been there for the last three or four seasons just to like be an insight to Tony's mind, just to have him yeah. be able to speak his mind out loud for some of the dumb people that can't infer. Yeah. Right. Sure. Which sucks because she's a great character. Lorraine Bracco's yeah, an amazing actress. actress. Yeah. And 
if there's going to be one sh- thing about this show that I that I wish they had done different, I wish that they had dug in way more on the rape. I wish that they had... <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. It's take a weird thing to say, but like in it. <laughs> Where's they really dug in that rape? Where's they really played out that whole rape thing, man? Yeah, but I, I think that yeah, I, I It think... probably is a testament to her character though. Yeah. The how she's character, you know what I mean? Very how like she's, you know, not gonna do the wrong thing. She is the pure mm-hmm. I will do the right thing kind of person. It does like, keep her pure and be wrong. one of the show's few innocents. Yes. Because we do kind of we wanted to see her tell Tony. Mm-hmm. That hey, it's this guy did this to me. It just sucks that that was like the end of her character, like apart from like therapy. Right, right. Yeah, I I think. Yeah, I just wish there was maybe more. I don't know. I don't know what they could have done. Like the only other thing that they really could have done that would have made sense is if they had an affair. Or I don't know. I mean, just maybe like a family member gets in bad trouble or something, or she gets in trouble, or. I don't know. Or like Phil or some one of the other big bads like takes her they hostage find out or about something. Her. Yeah, Phil would have been great because uh, of, uh, of someone who would not be like, you know, not understand therapy, mm-hmm. right? And he discovers Tony's going to therapy and then Phil comes and pays a visit. Mm-hmm. Good old Phil. Yeah. And uh, that would be great. Because I think Johnny, Johnny Sack knew about the therapy. Yeah, he did. They talked he about it on the golf he was glad. Yeah, They did, yeah. They, he said he was glad he was doing it. He was cool about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Phil... He would not have been cool, cool about, about it that. at all. He would. He's stuck in 1950. He is. You know? He's yeah. very... Yeah, in closets. He's also stuck in closets. Yeah, that's... Yeah. He, yeah, he, he loves to make a big entrance, you know? He does. When he comes out of the closet. Right. Huge entrances. Huge gaping entrances. Very, uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna mark that. <laughs> anyway, I don't have to mark that. No, I think that's okay. Yeah. All right, I think that's full. That flies. That fly, the, he's, so an, to speak. He's, a, he's, a, he's an asshole. He's a horrible person. A gaping. So I think that flies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he's a great actor, though. He's hey, always good in whatever he's in. Just like uh, uh, he he recently died, I think, a few years oh, ago. Oh, really? But, uh, just like yeah, Janice. Like I when. Uh, Actually, not just like Janice. No, he's a good villain you love to hate, yes. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hate that guy. Like, you know? The, the actress that's playing Janice does a great job because I yeah. believe she is there for you to hate and not yeah. like. So, right. kind of, yeah, she's doing a great job. Doing a great job. Uh, so, we had the t- the uh, Tony dream with Melfi, of course. Yeah. And the, in like, having, I guess... I was a little confused. Was the news break? That was break like to... the most straightforward dream we've oh, ever yeah. seen, too. Oh, yeah. That wasn't like all kind of weird. That was more like he's just letting it. You, you, I kind of thought I had to rewind it because I totally forgot that even happened. And mm-hmm. I had to rewind. I'm like, wait, what do you say? Oh, this has to be a dream. He wouldn't have said that. Yeah. You know, but. Did yeah, you catch was... the uh, crow call as uh, in the dream? As uh, what's I don't know what. What Chris's wife's name is. <laughs> uh, I wrote it down somewhere. Lady. Lady, yeah. Lady. Definitely lady. Um, yeah, there's a little crow call there. It's actually There's actually a couple of the bird references that we get in this episode because at the, uh, at the end of the episode... Which so the whole reason why that Tony and Chris were <clears throat> driving together is because they went to go meet with Phil, 
who found uh, found out that Tony was dumping asbestos in one of his or in in a dump. I didn't really understand this part. Um, <clears throat> and Phil's being a hard ass about it at, on brand, and uh, <clears throat> so eventually. Tony just dumps the asbestos in the lake or in the pond mm-hmm. or the river or whatever, which no doubt is going to kill some ducks. Yeah, poor ducks. Poor ducks. Tony loves them ducks. He loves ducks, Tony, but not enough to realize what he's doing. Yeah, Tony's also just doesn't really care about the death of of Chris. Well, he, too, he's not because he killed him, and like, yeah, that's he yeah. wants everybody else to feel the way that he does. I mean, he is actively trying to force it out of Carm to be like, you're kind of. You're kind of relieved that he's dead, right? That we don't have to mm-hmm. deal with that anymore. Yeah. Which, if you know he and killed him, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> man. He could kind of just live with himself, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like he doesn't seem to even care. No, like, I mean, he's getting mad yeah. at people showing any type of sorrow. Like, yeah. the poor wife comes in, and she's very distraught, as a wife would be. And he's, yeah. like, disgusted by mm-hmm. uh the wife who i can't i'm telling you i can't remember her name and uh chris's mom same thing he calls the wife jackie kennedy and the mom uh james brown yeah he just has no time uh, for it he's not he's not there no. for it no and for paulie too his mom dies yeah and, and but paulie's being selfish too as usual where he's like well, why are people over here but well, your mom wasn't really your mom, and she was also eight. <laughs> also, like Polly, also sort of owned a little bit of Christopher's situation. Like he yeah, sort he of acknowledged of regrets, that he but... that he might have like, you know, shoved him in that way a little bit. Like uh-huh. he's never going to say that it was his fault or anything, but no. he was like, you know, probably kind of pushed him, nudged him that way in that direction. Sure. Like, everybody but Tony is sort of taking stock of Chris's life. They're all, like, remembering back to things. You know, Carm talks about when he comforted her at the hospital. Yeah. And Polly talks about uh, about that. And Tony is only focused on everybody else's sorrow. Keeps talking about the tree branch. Yeah. Like, that has anything to do with anything. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then he makes the decision that... uh. He's got to get out of there. There's just too much going on. Got to too much, man. Got to go to Vegas. Got to get away, be by himself in Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at 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 Caesar's Palace, which I will say, very relaxing rooms. It is. It is a. I went to a suite. It was a big old suite, and that was fun. Cool. Caesar's Palace. Do you think Tony goes to the buffets? Is that too low rent for him? See, the size of the man makes me want to say yes. But yeah. I think I think in Vegas, I think when he's at home, he has no problem going to a buffet. But mm-hmm. in Vegas, it's about opulence. Right. You got to be seen, yeah. right? At the, the good places. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that's how it rolls in Vegas for him. Dude, Vegas buffet, man. Nothing better than a Vegas buffet. Not anymore, bud. Oh, oh no. You really think so? The buffet is dead. Although I will say the uh, the the salad bar at the grocery store not dead. Up and I don't think buffets are gonna be dead. I kind of don't think buffets. That. I think be people dead. are gonna buffets should have been dead so. before coronavirus. Shut your face. Okay. Disgusting. I will not live without Vegas buffets. You can go hang out at, at the 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 
the okay corral of breakfast and I'll uh, I'll just go to anywhere else. Fine. Fine. Eat your 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 chocolate drizzle, your chocolate fountain. I want my steak. pizza with my my ribeye and my uh, my sushi. <laughs> <laughs> and some breakfast food. Yeah, and some tamales. I want it all. Yeah, just just a smorgasbord of dishes. I remember my dad. We would like we would go at like eleven or like ten fifty because the breakfast was still out, and then yeah. by the time you were done with your first breakfast plate, you could go yeah. get some lunch. Yeah, there you go. God, God bless the Vegas buffet. R.I.P. to the Vegas buffet. R.I.P. If that truly is going away. Moment of silence. Uh, Paulie in uh, Newark. Okay, don't be stupid. Just lame. All right, uh, next. All right, well, so yeah, he goes to Vegas, and we get a lot of a lot of what hell references here, Travis. Yeah, going along. Vegas with, is uh, a hot place, and it is hot. Sin City. It is. It is going along with the uh, devilish Tony Soprano in the previous episode, Smoke Rings. Lots of, and I felt like uh, a lot of this uh, peyote trip was pretty similar to the to the coma coma Tony as yeah. well. Sure, because we have the sure. flashing lights, and we do have the flashing light. <laughs> we have so the roulette. So I think the roulette tape. Okay, so the girl first of all was it like Christopher's old Gumar? Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. Like just anybody else that would also be sort of relieved that he's gone yeah you know just anybody he's searching for anybody that would just chris finally gets to have something that chris had you try with angela you try with the the uh the other girl i forgot what her name is i always forget her name juliet margulies juliet margulies but uh he got finally got something chris had kind of random you know like he went over to the house left yeah and then like suddenly banging it out and doing peyote yeah and he's like living the life Chris did. He was doing drugs, mm-hmm. you know. He was getting high in Vegas. He was uh, winning at craps. He went and put uh, put a whole bunch of money down on uh, twenty and twenty four, which I'm assuming are his children's ages. It's actually the numbers. Yeah, I know that they're numbers. No, the numbers. Like like the lost numbers. Yeah, man. You're right. They are. It. No, you're right. There's another connect. So we're just not totally certain after watching an entire, after watching the entire series of Lost, watching the entire series of Sopranos, we're just not totally certain that the shows are unconnected. Everything is connected. Oh. Everything is everything. Yeah. And like, it's all connected. Some people just don't have the right perspective to see that, but we do. Someone had a YouTube channel, and I think it was pretty popular. Any. And he tried to connect every single video game with each other. Jesus Christ. And, like, like they're all, like, kind of in the same universe. And, like, which makes, I mean, when you think of, like, fighting games, you can kind of do it, sure. right? Because there's a lot, a lot of crossover mm-hmm. in those. And we should do one with TV shows where every, every TV show is connected. Okay. Well, I we have our that. Lost Sopranos connection, Miles. We do. That's we the do. easiest That is confirmed. One. That's canon. It's canon. It's canon. I, I talked you it's into canon. it last week. I just said it's canon. It's real deal. It's the same universe. Uh, it has to be. And uh, also, uh, you know what? That That's perfect. You know why? Hmm. 
It's also the same universe as Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. That works. That plays. Yeah. That plays. And uh, and so Hurley was an actor in Curb Your Enthusiasm before the plane crash. We did it. that's a TV show in this world. We did it. Or is it? I don't know because Hurley was in that show. I think that it's all the same show. <gasps> it's all the same show? Whoa, 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 whoa. I think so, it's too, It's pretty man. crazy. Um... So at the roulette at the roulette table, he says right before he he falls out laughing, he's dead. Yeah. Um, is that his luck? Is is the bad luck man dead? He doesn't have to. He all it took was killing his nephew, and now the bad luck man's dead, and all the good luck is, is coming back, and it's just hilarious. Was that what that was? Or maybe he's dead. Tony's dead. Tony's dead. He says he gets it at the end. Um, doesn't know what what he gets, but he gets. I mean, it. We don't know what he gets. I think he gets that he is the monster. That's that's my theory anyway. Is that he gets that he is the devil. He is the monster. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really particularly is saddened by that or will change. But that's what I think that he gets. I I very well could be wrong because it that would be very out of character for him to acknowledge it. Although, peyote makes you do some weird stuff, Trey. I think he gets it, but he won't get it after. Yeah, I think that's totally well. Like, he gets it under the At influence. this moment. Yes. Yes. He gets whatever it is he gets, he gets he it. He had a small moment of clarity in the desert. Yeah. Small moment of, and then, of clarity. And don't we all? Don't we all? Mm. But, uh, mm. and then, but eventually he will go back to whatever he was doing. Yeah. For the next three episodes, but there are a lot of a uh, lot of you know hell references. Tons. We have the little devil on the uh, the slot machine, yeah, smiling because mm-hmm. Tony is now good with this spiraling downwards. He wants to go to hell. He's good with this. He's buying in, yeah, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I, I mean, this was like I said. This was the this is the episode where there is no turning back. He cannot. Right. There's no saving Tony Soprano's soul any longer. Not only has he killed uh, a son-like figure to him, but he's, uh, you know, he he's turned right in. He skid. He steered right into the skid. Just he. he I think he's gonna he's gonna embrace the villain. <laughs> you know. Hmm. Do you want to? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. What? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, you. Go Mine ahead. was transitioning to the next thing, so go transition, please. Okay. I was just gonna ask if you even want to talk about AJ in this episode. Uh, it, it, again, it sort of um goes off last episode exactly. where he's a therapist. The therapist doesn't really have much to say. No, he, he seems very nice, but he doesn't really have much. Gives him some meds. Yeah, that's about it. And then uh. A very hypocritical turn by AJ at the end, I guess. Why can't we all just get along? Yeah. Well, he's kind of gets into the bad crowd thing again. They rough up some dude, mm-hmm. some, some student. Well, he's blaming, uh, he's blaming, you know. I think, I think overall AJ is, I think he is depressed because he, when he was with Blanca, saw the opportunity for a life outside of his current life. And when yeah. Blanca left him, so did the, that opportunity. And it's it's that the idea that you can't escape yes. the Sopranos. And if you are a Sopranos adjacent, 
you can't escape. Exactly. If your dad is Tony Soprano, your life is fucked. 100%. Or if you're just And they also coddled him as a kid. They, they, They didn't give him a lot of life experiences, right? Now he's... Yeah, one little breakup and he's devastated. Mm-hmm. He's, they haven't, yeah, he hasn't grown. He hasn't matured. Just like when Tony gets told no or Phil puts up a fight and he throws a, mm-hmm. throws a hissy fit, it's because he's not used yeah. to being told no. He doesn't right. know. It, like things, things, good things just happen for people with the last name Soprano. And when they yeah. don't, they get real pissed off about it. Right. And I mean, AJ and. And again, and we've all always had we've had this debate of is this the writer's view of children? Is this bad writing, or is this AJ's character? I think it could be all three. I don't think it's bad. I think uh, yeah, I think he has been spoiled and coddled and given whatever, and I don't think he's ever been like a horrible bully mm-hmm. or a violent person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did fuck with Bobby's kids. That wasn't nice, but he was also a teenager. Kid stuff. Uh, yeah, he's kid, just kid stuff. Uh, <laughs> Uh, didn't do that, but um, but he's never been like a, a a horrible bully. But he's you know been a spoiled, coddled. I think it's pretty clear kid. that the writers on the show have a certain idea of what a teenager is. But at yeah. the same time, that doesn't mean that the, it's not uh, somewhat accurate a lot of the time. Sure, and and also you're seeing a certain group of people, right? These right. are mafia adjacent people with kids who are probably also mafia adjacent not only that just regionally you know yeah regionally too it's it's oh I mean, yeah very different regionally because there's a lot of uh these hoity-toity uh private colleges mm-hmm. and private schools so we see kind of a more upper echelon of maybe a uh, monetary mm-hmm. you know kids going to private school private school kids we're not really seeing your regular schmo kid yeah I guess. Yeah. And, uh, you know. uh, Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know, man. I'm just thinking about Kit Kats. Your shirts make me think of Kit Kat bars. Kit Kat bars. Yeah, I don't know why. It's weird. getting fat, man. Super Bowl shirt, man. I know, but it's red. So, okay. (laughs) A lot of of things are red. Yeah. Kit Kats. Okay, that's fine. I like Kit Kats. Kit Kats are not bad. I I like a Kit Kat. What's your favorite candy bar? Uh, I don't know. See, I was a Twix. Kit Kat would be up there. I was a Twix man for many years. Recently, so like, I've recently backed off of the Twix, and I'm now on. This is not a candy bar, but it's delicious. Peanut butter M and M's. That's my new. That's my new. Oh jam. yeah. That's my new jam. Okay. Okay. So much so that I have a family size bag in my cabinet right now I, that I will go see, I eat M&M's oh, out man. of when I'm done with this podcast. Okay. I need one of those. I, I did buy a bunch of trail mix that had chocolate in it. Ooh. So I feel like I'm eating healthy. <laughs> well, I'll just pick out the M&M's. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, man, I, I once bought Oreos thinking like, okay, this is going to be just like a little, little snack. Mm-hmm. Little snack. Clear off a whole, right? sl- whole sleeve. Dude, I, I I went through it in two days. Yo, I can I can bleed out an an Oreo pack. Yeah, like I oh, can, can I can let that guy last a, at least a week. Man, I have no self control. I do okay. Did you like eighteen? Uh, eighteen of these peanut butter M and M's is like one hundred and eighty five calories or something like that. 
wow. Yeah, you can drive by and get yeah. you a little handful of M&Ms for not that and not kill your calorie count for the day. I I do like an M&M. I mean, just yeah, peanut M&Ms, regular M&Ms, whatever M&Ms. I was a I might go buy a gigantic bag of M&Ms. I was uh I was a peanut I was a peanut M&M P1 for a long yeah. time. And then on a lark, I just bought these peanut butter ones, and I'm a, peanut butter sounds great. I'm addicted to them. They're so dang good. Yeah, this has been a spot for peanut butter M and M's. I'll uh, yes, I'll collect has. my mailbox money this week. Thank you. Seriously, M and M's. Well, if you want to send me money, I'll take it. Yeah, send us all money, please. We'll take the money, so that uh, Cade can, you know, that's that's our listener, Cade. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's listening. Yeah. One of one of like what are we up to like seven seven listeners now? Maybe something sweet, like that. dude. Audience, got an audience. Send us your money. Yeah, send your M and M's. Send me five bucks. <laughs> send me M and M's. All right, well, Travis, we got three more episodes left. Two more podcasts. That's right. Or maybe three <clears> more. Yeah, we're gonna do uh, the two penultimate episodes. And uh, for our next cast, and then the series finale all by itself, <clears throat> where we'll do, I'm sure we'll do some series look back. I know you and I had discussed a couple of things that we wanted to discuss in that episode. But uh, yeah, we're almost done with Sopranos, and then we will, uh, we'll come up with a schedule for next season as well. Probably take a, a few months off. A little hiatus. Yeah. So I, I'm just sick of talking to Travis. I hate you, you fuck hate you i hate your you and your red shirt hate. and your glasses i hate you and your dumb luigi and zelda posters it's not okay and your, yeah well your pet boys thing back there pet boys and your 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 nintendo boy. 64 and i hate that when i do this podcast i get horrible tit sweat dude same the the nuts and the <laughs> twits remember that we're the titty boys we're the titty, titty boys, boys. The Titty yeah. Boys, Deja Vu. <laughs> titty Boys, Deja Vu. We're coming at you live, the Titty Boys. <laughs> with our tits dripping with sweat. Just glistening with delicious sweat. <laughs> Filled with gabagoo. Both tit. Just a slab of gabagoo. <gasps> Hell yeah, I think that's a good ending. Yeah. Alright, that's an ending. Right. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>